The way that I live out my purpose as a man of God is I think of Ephesians where God says that we are a workmanship created in Jesus Christ to do works. And that reminded me of Mark. Uh, in Mark, uh, Jesus was asked, which is the greatest commandment? Jesus replied that the greatest commandment is to love your Lord, your God, with all your strength, your heart, your soul, and your might. And the second is to love others. My purpose is to love God and to love others. And when my kids see me loving on others by encouraging them or helping them with a need of feeding them physically or spiritually or just, um, you know, just being an encouragement to them, then they see me love God. And the byproduct of that is that we learn and my kids see me and they learn. They learn joy, peace, they learn patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, the fruits of the Spirit in Galatians. The way that I discovered God's purpose for me was by just by spending more time with Him in His Word. Um, just uh, years ago, I decided that I would get up an hour early before work or, or whatever day it was and just spend more time with Him in His Word, with different devotions and just prayer time. And that has made all the difference in my life. The way I discovered God's purpose for my life, honestly, I just... Never thought about it a whole lot until 2017. That's when uh, me and my wife went through a, a difficult season. Uh, it seemed like everything was coming to us all at once, and we just it, it got to be a little overwhelming. But but we got through it. And after that, I really like thought there had to be a purpose for this. And we didn't go through this pain for nothing. And you know, you always hear people say there's a purpose for the pain. So I figured I just that's when I really started trying to find out what the purpose and impact of my life could be moving forward. And then lo and behold, I hear the Danny Goki song called Love God, Love People. And that, quite simply, is the purpose for my life right now. I just love God and, and try to love people like Jesus who love them. And it's not always easy, but I try my best, and I'm doing pretty. I've gotten a whole lot better at it. So I'm, I try to do a kind deed every day. To that's just something I can do, just something practical. Like for instance, you know, some people call you, uh, like for Hurricane Ida, for instance, somebody on the phone. You got to make all your claims and whatnot. And at the end of the phone call, sometimes they'll ask you, "Do you have any more questions for me?" And that's when I'll be like, "As a matter of fact, I do." How can I pray for you today? <laughs> me. So most people will let me pray for them, but only one person said no, and one person actually started crying, so I figured that was my, my, my kind deed for the day. So I try to find something kind to do at least once a day for somebody. Uh, the way I found out uh, God's purpose in life is actually I wasn't actually living God's purpose at the time. And just doing things that actually came natural to me. I was, you know, just like every person in society today that's not a man of God or a woman of God. He either chases the bug, chases the relationships. So I was actually trying to get into the oil and gas industry. And my eight-year-old son, Jacob, at the time came in the room and he was like, Dad, what are you doing? I'm tired of you being gone and talk about a gut punch. So really that was probably God talking through Jake of where you need to be you know, was actually going back to school, ironically, as a Vante student, going to college, getting my degree for the job I have now. And I just 
couldn't do it. I couldn't do my research paper and I just basically laid it all at God's feet and I said, I can't go on and I need your help. And believe it or not, it was Mother's Day. I came to Calvary and I was like, wow, you're pretty funny, God. That's pretty awesome. And I've been here ever since. And, you know, I, I'm part of a men's group. Daily we get up, we share devotionals with each other. We're transparent in each other when we fail. We hold each other accountable. We uh, support the community. You know, we make sure we're doing our tithes and offerings and stuff like that. And, you know, and then I'm really open to, uh, to my, my students, you know, who many of them are actually graduating college now and coming back and like, I'm just so honest with your uh, realness that you had for me and the, and the love that you showed me when that love wasn't around. And it just makes me more content in life where before, you know, I was chasing a buck or chasing whatever. I'm content in life and, you know, granted, not everything's perfect, but it's perfectly where I need to be with God. Well, let's give them a hand. Mark, thanks for sharing. George, Julius, appreciate you guys sharing about purpose. Let's talk about purpose. Purpose is very important. Now, legitimately today, gentlemen, so not just the dads, although it's Father's Day, but for all of you as men today, I'm going to talk to you about purpose specifically. Now, ladies, that does not mean you get to tune out and go, yay, a free day, right? Um, because it matters for you as well. Um, it matters that we find God's purpose for our life and we learn to live that out. But gentlemen, I'm specifically going to key in with you today because there's nothing like a man created in the image of God who discovers his purpose and he lives that out. Discovers what God has for him and he lives that out. If he lives it out the right way according to what God has for him, it will impact everyone around him for the good. It will make life better for everyone around him. Not just ladies, you who have that man in your life, but those of you who are children, grandchildren, those of you who work with a man of God who has discovered his purpose, purpose, it matters. I don't know if you read the article this week about Kari Willis. He's 26 years old. He's the safety for the Indianapolis Colts. I don't know if you read the story. He's retiring at 26. Now, that must be nice, right? Some of you are going, as men, you're going, man, I might retire when I'm 86 at this rate with inflation and gas prices, right? I get it. He's retiring at 26, and it's easy to say, yeah, he, he played for a few years in the NFL, so he's made his change, plenty to live on, right? But if you read the article, what's he retiring to do? He's retiring because he's discovered purpose. What's he going to stop? doing playing football you know what he's going to start doing with his life he's going to go into the ministry the gospel ministry to serve jesus christ matter of fact i want to read you an excerpt that he said to his teams one of the things to his coaches to the people in his life listen to this with much prayer and deliberation i have elected to officially retire from the nfl as i endeavor to devote the remainder of my life to the further advancement of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I thank all of my family, friends, and those who have supported me on this journey thus far, and I look forward to your continued support through the next phase of my life. 
I am both humbled and excited to pursue the holy call that God has for my life, which brings me much joy and purpose. When you discover your purpose, it drives everything else about the direction of your life. Even for this young man who is playing his dream, football, being able to do it, finding that there's a greater purpose for which he lives. Now, here's the reality. He's surrendering for a great purpose, the greatest purpose, the highest calling, which is to serve the Lord Jesus through ministry. So I'm grateful for that. But not everyone sitting in this room, gentlemen, not all of you would go, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to serve the Lord, but I'm, I'm not going to be a preacher or a missionary, right, or a leader, worship leader. Still, that question of your purpose is the most important question that you can answer as a person and specifically today as a man. Why would I take today Father's Day and talk about purpose? Because the reality is I know that for most of us as men, that is the number one driving factor in your life for either your satisfaction or your discontentment. You are either fully satisfied because you have discovered and you are pursuing God's purpose for your life, or you're dissatisfied and you're floundering and you're struggling as a man because that great question that you ask yourself that tries you try to answer and you're looking for that drive, what's my purpose? You hadn't found it yet. And when a man doesn't know his purpose that God has created him for, when he doesn't find God's purpose in the activities of his life, the job, the family, the extracurricular things that you might do for relaxation, when you don't discover God's purpose for your life, you're not going to be satisfied with all of the other things that come your way as a man. The job just won't be fulfilling, right? You'll struggle with your family and your relationships. You won't find fulfillment. Even in the fun things of life, you'll find it to be temporary, unsatisfying, because you're missing the greatest driving force that a man needs to be successful in life. Discovering what you're here for and why it matters in what you're doing. Am I right, men? That is the number one thing that we face. I realize everybody faces a lot of temptations, a lot of struggles. But ladies, if you want to understand the man in your life, if you genuinely want to support the men in your life, the biggest thing that you can do is pray for them and support them in helping them to discover God's purpose and to live that out. That's what we're going to talk about today. We're in this series called Family of Faith. And when I thought about this series, and I've been teaching through it, there are principles in a family of faith that matter. And knowing your purpose is one of those deep, deep principles. As a father... That's the number one thing that I would want to teach all of my children, both my sons and my daughters. Discover God's purpose. Find God's purpose in who you are and what you do, and you will then find success, fulfillment, contentment, and you will see God's hand on you, but it begins with purpose. 
Today we're going to look at another Old Testament character whom God used, but his purpose may in the beginning have been a little cloudy. We're going to talk about Moses. So I want you to take your Bibles and turn to the book of Exodus. We've looked at some of the heroes of faith in Genesis. We're going to jump right over to Exodus chapter 2, verse 1. And we're going to talk about Moses. And as we get ready to read this introduction to the man Moses and the life that he would live, we're going to unpack some of the principles of his life through the rest of this month. But it begins right here in chapter 2, verse 1. And as we read this, I want to go on and give you the life lesson, gentlemen, so that you can meditate on this, let this soak in your life, and to be able to say, okay, God, I want to know and discover what your purpose is for my life, and how do I live that out? That's the life lesson. God has a purpose for my life. Say that with me. God has a purpose for my life. All the men in the room, I want you to say that. God has a purpose for my life. All of us together, everyone in the room, God has a purpose for my life. And it is worth discovering and living for. God's purpose for your life, it's worth discovering and it's worth living for. And it doesn't matter what you're doing or how you define yourself by your career or your placement or where you're located. God has a purpose in what He's doing in your life, and it's worth discovering and living for. Verse number 1 of chapter 2. Now a man from the house of Levi went, and he married a daughter of Levi. The woman conceived and bore a son, and when she saw that he was beautiful, she hid him for three months. But when she could hide him no longer, she got him a wicker basket and she covered it over with tar and pitch. Then she put the child into it, into the basket, and she set it among the reeds by the bank of the Nile. Boy, that sounds like a wonderful way to raise a child, isn't it? Yeah. Well, chapter 1 gives you the context for what's happening here. Um, Pharaoh, the leader of Egypt, realizes that the people that he has enslaved the Hebrew people. They are growing more num numerous. And he's worried that they might take over his nation. So what does he do? He goes into this mode of taking out all of the male children. So basically, any child that was born a male, a boy, a son of the Hebrew people during this time frame in history was eliminated. All of the Egyptians would eliminate all of the male children of the Hebrew people. That's how they kept them under control. And so when you know that that historically is happening by the most powerful nation in the world at that time, and that's how they controlled their population problem, then you begin to read in chapter 2, Moses, this child, is born into that world. Gentlemen, he's born into a broken world with big problems. And he's born in such a way where they try to hide his birth. They put him in a wicker basket, probably papyrus, because that's what the Egyptians had, the reeds on the Nile. And they wove that into a basket and they covered it with tar and pitch. 
and they sit him in the edge of the Nile. Have you ever watched those documentaries? Like, that's not a good place for a child, right? Talk about a problem. Moses has a problem. Verse number four, his sister. She stood at a distance to find out what would happen to him. The daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the Nile with her maidens walking alongside the Nile. And she saw the basket among the reeds, and she sent her maid. She brought it to her, and when she opened it, she saw the child. And behold, the boy was crying. She had pity on him and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, whose sister? Moses' sister. Shall I go and call a nurse for you from the Hebrew women that she may nurse the child for you? Pharaoh's daughter. Pharaoh's daughter, Pharaoh, the leader of the nation, the one who said exterminate all the male children of the Hebrews, his daughter, disobeying dad, I guess this is a good time to do it, right? She, his daughter, says to her, go ahead. So the girl went and called the child's mother. Who's the child's mother? Moses' own mom. And Pharaoh's daughter said, take this child away and nurse him for me. And I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him. The child grew. And she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter. And he became her son. And she named him Moses and said, Because I drew him out of the water. We're going to stop right there. Because when you look at this story, this is all wrong. (laughs) When you look at the context of the story. Number one. What you see is an absentee father, right? Now, we could talk a lot about that in our world, and there's a lot of talk about that. But you see, that's not the picture of this story. But there's a purpose for this young man that was born into this circumstance, and his sister and his mom are a part of this process in helping this young man discover his purpose and asking God for God's grace. Now, Pharaoh's daughter finds the baby in the Nile. What was Pharaoh's daughter supposed to do to the baby? In context, in history, all the male children of the Hebrews are to be eliminated. So when she finds this baby, it is against everything of the norm of that culture for her to say, bring the child into my household and I will raise this child as my own and he will become a part of the very household, the kingdom, the leader that's seeking to eliminate him. I mean, everything about that doesn't work unless God has a purpose. And God has a purpose for Moses. We continue in verse 11. Now, it came about in those days when Moses had grown up. So he's gone from being this defenseless child in the edge of the Nile to now being a man, a ruler in Pharaoh's household. That he goes out to his brethren and he looks on their hard labors. And he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his brethren. So he looked this way and that. And when he saw that there was no one around, he struck down the Egyptian. He killed him. And he hid him in the sand. And he went out the next day and behold, two Hebrews, two of his own people, were fighting with each other. And he said to the offender, why are you striking your companion? But he said, who made you a prince or a judge over us? Are you intending to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? 
Then Moses was afraid and said, Surely the matter has become known. Verse 15, when Pharaoh, that would be his adopted father, leader of the land, when Pharaoh heard of this matter, what does he try to do to his son? (laughs) He tried to kill Moses. Thanks, Dad. Appreciate that leadership model. So you bring me in and then you try to cut me down. That's kind of what Moses is dealing with. So Moses fled from the presence of Pharaoh and he settled in the land of Midian and he sat down by a well. Now the priest of Midian had seven daughters and they came to draw water and they filled the troughs to water their father's flocks. Then the shepherds came and they drove them away. But Moses stood up, he helped them and he watered their flocks. And when they came to Ruel, their father, he said, Why have you come back so soon today? So the daughters replied, An Egyptian delivered us from the hand of the shepherds. And what is more, he even drew water for us, and he watered the flock. He said to his daughters, Well, where is he then? Why is it that you have left the man behind? Invite him to have something to eat. Now these are... The early days of Moses. Matter of fact, in those short verses, you're going, gosh, that's a, a lot of verses and a lot of reading. In those 19 vor- verses, that covers 40 years of Moses' life. <laughs> you just got a 40-year snapshot of this man's life. And gentlemen, that's kind of what life is like, isn't it? It goes by so quickly. 40 years will blink by, right? Some of you are going, boy, if I, if I could get back the last 40 or the last four I'd take it and I'd do this. I'd I'd make this change or this decision, but it doesn't work that way. God still and always has a purpose for you. And He is always in the process of revealing His will and His design for your life so that you can discover your place in His family and live that out. Purpose. It matters. And when I know that He has a purpose for my life that is worth discovering and living for, I think there are a few things today that I'd like to share with you gentlemen, and of course all of the family of the church as you listen along, but I think there's some very important principles that we can learn from Moses about God's purpose for our life. Here's the first one. How do you know God has a purpose for your life? It's a good question. How do you know that God has a purpose for your life. Do you know how you know that God has a purpose for your life right here, right now, today? How do you know? You're here. That's how you know. How do I know that God has a purpose right here, right now? How do I know that? Because you're alive and you're well today. You are here. What should have happened to Moses. Now, when you think about it, I love those documentaries about those big old crocodiles over there on the Nile. I love them. I love watching the people, you know, like hold up the food and like these big old giant animals come up and they take the food and you're not supposed to do that because you're teaching them, oh, people are food, right? Not friends. They they learn, (laughs) gosh, all these big crocodiles. When you look at how big those things are too, they are giant. Do you know what should have happened to Moses? Lunch. That's what should have happened to Moses because they take him as a baby. So men, he's not 
going to fight off one of those crocodiles. You know, he's not going to pull the spear out of his little basket and poke him in the eye. It's not going to happen. Moses should have been lunch. That's what should have happened. But God in his sovereign plan for Moses' life let him live. What else should have happened to Moses? Moses, when he was discovered by Pharaoh's daughter, she should have ended his life. Because she knew she's not oblivious to what's happening in her culture. She's a part of the royal ruling family. But she takes in this child that should have been lunch for the crocodiles. So she brings him in. Guess who knows that she brings in this child? Her daddy, Pharaoh. Pharaoh, the one that said all of the male Hebrew children should be eliminated. What did she say when she saw him in the basket? Oh, look, it's one of the Hebrew children. I think I'll take him home and show him to dad. <laughs> you know what? He should have been tossed back into the Nile, right? That's probably what Pharaoh would have done. And in our lives, the odds are stacked against us all the time. Gentlemen, the odds are stacked against you in life. But if you want to know for sure that God has a purpose for your life, just pinch yourself. You're here. You have beaten the odds to be here today, to hear this message today. You've overcome odds in your life that have been challenging for you. God had a purpose in bringing you to this world, letting you live, and being able to make a difference. Don't ever underestimate the plan and the power of God to work through your life in settings where you shouldn't be here, but you are. You may question your existence, but that's not really a good use of time to discover your person, your purpose. You're here as a person, and God has chosen you to live. And by the very simple fact that you are here, it's a reminder God has a purpose for you. That's number one. Have you ever had one of those moments where life flashes before your eyes? Have you ever had one of those? Maybe you haven't, but I have. I've had a couple of them, right? And in those moments where your life will flash before your eyes, it, it happens because perhaps you're in a dangerous situation. Maybe it's one that you've put yourself in, um, or maybe it's just one of those accidents that happens. I can remember when I was a teenager, um, bear with me all of you um, city guys who wouldn't understand this, but we had this huge yard that my dad had to cut, and he had a tractor. It was that big with a big mower on the back. So early on, he taught me how to drive a tractor, how to put it all in gear, how to turn the mower on, how to turn on the PTO so that the tractor engages the mower and the mower spins with these blades and all of that. And so he taught me how to do that. And in our yard, everything was pretty much smooth except for this one embankment where the ditch was before it goes up to the road, right? And what you should never do is get a tractor on its side. You should never do that. But me being young and wanting to finish quickly and make that money for my allowance, I got a little too fast with that tractor on the side. And literally, there's this moment where that tractor begins to lean. And the whole thing gets on two wheels on the side of this deep embankment that I should not have been doing. I knew better. 
I don't know if you've ever been in a circumstance where you knew better. Surely not you. I'm the only one that's ever done that, right? You knew better, but you did it anyways. Well, in that moment, when the thought of that thing coming over on me and those blades of that, that mower not being able to shut off and flipping on me, my whole life flashed before my eyes. I remember it like it was yesterday. Maybe you've had a moment like that. Now, if what was natural had happened in that moment, well, you'd have somebody else preaching to you right now about purpose, right? And I hope that they would teach you about God's purpose for your life. But God had a purpose. He didn't let that John Deere roll up on me and chop me into a million pieces on that day just for being dumb and young and trying to rush and do something I knew I shouldn't be doing, right? Those moments happen in our lives, but God has a way of intervening in your life to keep you alive because He has a purpose for you. And you sit right here today, young men, older men, everyone in between, and all of the families and the people that are here today supporting the man in your life, ladies, people online, God has a purpose for your life. And you know that. You don't get to question it because you are alive. What are some of the factors that I think help us understand our purpose? What are some of the important pieces that help us understand God has a purpose for us? Number one, it's the people in your life. The people in your life are a part of God's purpose for your existence. Moses' sister, she watches him from a distance. What does she do when she sees Pharaoh who should have taking the baby and throwing him back in the Nile. What does she say? Oh, hey, do you need some help raising this child? I can go find somebody. And what does she do? She goes find somebody. Who does she find? Moses' mom. Moses' mom gets to raise Moses in the Egyptian household. That's ironic, isn't it? The baby should have been lunch, but he wasn't. Moses wasn't lunch because the people in his life helped him along the way in discovering his purpose. The people stood by him. His family stood by him when it was hard and it was difficult. The people that loved him were right there with him in the midst. And ultimately, he would become the kind of leader over time to help the people in his life. The people in your life, gentlemen, they matter because they are a part of God's purpose for you. And not overlooking those that are right in front of you, not only for the reality that they support you at times when your purpose is question, when you question your purpose or when you're challenged, but also when you're on your A game, they are there because you fulfilling your purpose is good for them too. People matter, and the people in our lives allow us to see that. There's also a place. The place where you are matters. Moses was born in Egypt. He was born into a land of oppression. Now, we know the rest of the story if we've been in church a long time, right? We just did vacation Bible school here at Calvary. And perhaps you remember the story of Moses from your vacation Bible school experience. Why was he born in Egypt? Well, because God had a purpose for him to be born where he was. That place mattered. Listen, the place where you are today, it matters. It's not about saying, well... Um, maybe I'm going to live for another place one day, or I don't like the place where I'm in, or this place is difficult. No. You were placed 
by God in the place where you are right now, living today to fulfill a purpose. And most men miss God's purpose because they're thinking about something out there instead of being active with what God has given them right here. And Moses was placed in Egypt. And Egypt was not friendly to the Hebrew people. And yet God kept him alive, helped him develop by the people around him, and he put him in the exact place that he needed to be to make a difference. You have been placed, gentlemen, in the exact place that you need to be to make a difference. God does not make mistakes. Also, position. Position is one of those things, men, that I think many of us, we struggle with, we aim for, we seek to achieve. You want to rise above and receive the promotion, the next job, the next opportunity, make a little more money. Um, You want to be better at a certain skill. I know that. That's part of the drive within us as men. That's part of trying to attain a certain position. But the position that God has given you right now is the exact position that you need to make the most difference in the world. It's not the next position. It's how you deal with what He's given you today. I discover God's purpose because I realized I'm here. I'm alive. I'm living right now. And what He's given right now, who He's placed right now, where He's placed you and I right now, that is the place to discover God's purpose, God's best, God's design to fulfill that because He's put you in this place with the people around you right now for a purpose that is for His good and also for yours and those around you. The position that you have today, it matters. Moses' position was one of royalty in the household of Pharaoh. He was going to lose that position Once he had committed murder. So he's got this great glitch on his resume that would hinder his position in the Egyptian kingdom. But if God knows your position, and God knows who he's called you to be, and God is willing to work out beyond the mistakes and the moments of failure in your life, do not question his purpose For you as a man of God. Amen? Because that's what he did for Moses. Number two, how can you define what God's purpose for you looks like? How can you define what God's purpose for you looks like? Listen, part of my purpose is to be the pastor of Calvary Baptist Church during this season of my life. I know that's part of of my purpose. But that's not your purpose, right? Well, if it is, then I would encourage you, you know, be obedient to the call of God, kind of like you heard about Karee Willis. Go get you some education, right? Learn how to do a few things and then pursue God's calling. That's not for everybody. Each and every one of us, gentlemen, have a different sense of direction, a different sense of skill, a different sense of ability, and yet you've been given that by God so that you can discover what God's purpose for your life looks like. So how do you do that? Gentlemen, how do you discover what God's purpose for your life looks like? Well, your design. 
just like you know that God has a purpose because you are here, you know what God's purpose for your life looks like because of how you are designed. God has designed you uniquely to accomplish exactly what He desires for you through your life. And that's very important. You're designed. Do you realize that Moses had a design? When you read just these few verses, you will see nothing happened by accident in his life. Gentlemen, nothing happens by accident in your life. God has a design for the path that you are going to walk down. And sometimes you're not going to walk want to walk down it. Sometimes you're going to take a detour, but God is going to always get you on the path because He has designed you for a specific purpose. How do you know what your design is? It's very simple, actually. It involves your past, your present, and your future. How do I know what my design is? First, it begins with your past. What are some of the things in your life that have shaped you? What are some of the things in your life that you have determined that you would do? Some of the things that were given to you to do, that you were good at, that you achieved, that you sought to pursue. Your past is a very clear picture of how God is working through your abilities your opportunities, your victories, and your defeats, what you learn from your past is a key to understanding the design of who you are. Well, obviously, Moses made it past lunch with the crocodiles, right? So God designed for him to be alive. We're grateful for that. But what do you get a picture of in the life of Moses that helps you understand God had a specific design for him that he wouldn't see yet, but we get a glimpse of what it's going to be. Well, when he sees injustice, when he sees one of his brethren being beaten by one of the Egyptians, his heart, his emotions, his feeling, and then therefore his strength, it all comes together And in a moment of defending a friend and defending a countryman and being able to stand for something, he strikes down the Egyptian. Now, we understand that that's murder and that's not right. We know that. Like, he commits a sin. But it gives you a glimpse to the kind of leader that he was going to be. Because what you see is as he flees from this moment, Pharaoh's going to inflict justice and punishment and do what was intended to be done on day one of his life. Pharaoh's going to finally take him out. This good-for-nothing Hebrew person, get him out of here. So Moses flees, right? He runs away. And as he runs away, he encounters the daughter of a priest. And all of the daughters of the priests, he, he encounters them as they're there to feed. And what happens? They're being harassed by shepherds. These women, these daughters of this man are being put down. Now, the Bible doesn't really graphically spell out all that's happening, but you can imagine 
that these daughters are out watering the flocks and this group of shepherds, all of these men who probably don't know their purpose and who are probably not living for the Lord, they come to harass these women. And what does Moses do? He stands up again for the oppressed. He comes in again to those who need help in the moment. And what you begin to see is that he comes in and he runs off a band of shepherds. So Moses was not a fluke or a flake. Moses was there to do something because all the shepherds, they leave when Moses stands up on behalf of those who couldn't stand up for themselves. It's the second time that it happens. So the girls go home. They talk to their dad. Hey, Dad, um, man, some bad stuff was about to happen at the watering hole today. But this Egyptian steps in and he defends us and he protects us. And the dad goes, well, where is he? Come on, girls. Like, this guy just protected you, provided for you. He stood in the gap for you and you left him in the desert? Go get him. Let's be nice to the guy for once, right? But in that moment, in that very quick glimpse of Moses' life, 40 years just like that, what do you see? By his past and some of the things that he would do, it was a picture of the design that God would have for him. And so it is true of you. Listen, your past may have a moment like where Moses struck down the Egyptian. Now, I'm not talking about murder per se, but for some people that is a real moment in life for some people. But maybe it's another moment of deep personal brokenness, tragedy, something difficult that you legitimately as a man have had to work through. And maybe you felt like you were alone in your own wilderness as you worked through that. Or maybe you had someone that showed kindness to you and said, hey, son, come over here. Let me help you and support you and rehabilitate you and strengthen you and stand with you as you discover what God's design for you is in spite of what you've been through in your past. Your past is a great teacher of who you have been designed to be. So whether it's the opportunities you've been given, the moments of mistakes, failures, or challenge, whatever it is, it is a great teacher to show you God is not finished with you yet. If He was, you'd be gone. But you're not. You're here. So you know He has a purpose. And part of your past helps shape who you are so that you can see a glimpse of how God is going to use your life for a purpose to impact others. Amen? And it's not just your past that does it, it's your present. What are you doing right now with what God has done for you throughout your life to implement and live out the purpose that He's given for you? Moses in the present moment, before we get to the rest of the story over the next few weeks, in the present moment, what does he do? He stands up for the oppressed. So in the moment of what he has to do, he does what God has given him in the moment. He's effective in the moment, and that is the key to his future. Gentlemen, too many of us, we get lost in what we think God wants for us down the road. That we are neutralized in the most important moment of all. And that is right now. You see, before Moses could lead all of God's people out of Egypt, he had to redeem and rescue a few ladies. 
and by those moments of where he stood on, on behalf of one of his brethren, where he stood up on behalf of some ladies that were about to be abused and oppressed by the shepherds, those moments defined everything about his future, but he had to be faithful and active right in the moment of now that he was given. And too many times we think purpose, gentlemen, is this ethereal, mindful question about what's going to be out there. You want to discover your purpose? Be faithful with what God has given you right now. Students, if you will be faithful and give God your best in your studies right now, that is a part of God's purpose for you today. If you're an athlete, I know many of you in our congregation online, many of you, that's what you seek to be. Listen, being faithful in what God has given you right now is the key to what you will become tomorrow. But there is no success in tomorrow if you're not faithful with today. There is no victory on the future. There is no, oh, I'll discover my purpose one day if you're not obedient to the design of God in which He's placed you and given you opportunities right now. I told you that story about the safety for the Indianapolis Colts because it's great. He gets to go preach the gospel. And he's not going to struggle as he begins to do it because he's got some fat NFL paychecks behind him to help support him and get him started. Praise God for that. And praise God he's no longer playing the saints. Right? But here's the other thing. He was faithful as a football player first. And then as God spoke very clearly through his leadership, when you read the articles about him, his leadership to his coaches, his teammates, the ownership team of the Indianapolis Colts, do you know what? They're all in support of this 26-year-old young man who's going to serve God, and they don't have a bad thing to say about him at all. He was faithful with what God gave him in the moment. And before we can launch into something else, gentlemen, that will determine our future, it's about being faithful in the present. How do you discover your design? You look at where you've been. What are some of the tendencies? What are some of the opportunities? What are some of the successes? What has God given you? Don't ask what He's given someone else. What has God given you? It's not, I want to be like somebody else. No, be you. What has God given you in your design, your abilities, your opportunities, even your failures? What can you learn from your failures that will propel you forward to be better as a person that God designed you to be? You learn from your past. You exercise it in your present. Because being obedient in the moment to your design and your opportunities is the most important point and then you let God take everything about His pathway for you and His purpose for you, and you let Him paint the future. God knows what He's going to do with the future. He knew what He was going to do with Moses, but before we run there in our own lives as well, you have to be obedient in the moment. So Moses was obedient in defending. He was obedient in stepping up. He was obedient in being a person that would stand in the gap. He made a difference right then and that was the picture of who he was going to be. So is true of every one of us today. Third and final thing, and I did want to get you out on time 
or early today, dads, but hey, I had two of those uh, Black Stag energy drinks before church. They're really good, by the way. I think you should grab one or two of them on your way out the door and have a great Father's Day as well. But I'm not stopping because this is really good for you, and I think this will change your life. So number three, how can you sense fulfillment in pursuing God's purpose? Because, man, I know the issue is fulfillment. I know that's the issue. Do you find fulfillment in your job? I know the issue. Do you find fulfillment in your home? I know the issue. Do you find fulfillment in your finances or the things that you've been given to do? Or maybe you're even good at doing, but do you find fulfillment in those? Listen, I know. It's all about fulfillment, isn't it? It's all about that internal sense of I'm living for a purpose that's greater than just money, raising the family. Those things are great and those things are a part of your purpose, but you've got to find the greater purpose that drives you in your recreation, even in your church, even in saying it's more than just going to church. How do you find fulfillment? in pursuing God's purpose. Do you know how you find fulfillment in pursuing God's purpose, gentlemen? Your actions. Your actions. It's all about action. Now, we just walked through a little bit of Genesis, but one of the interesting things about Genesis chapter 1, 2, and 3 is that you have Adam and Eve there, and you have the serpent, the devil, come in to tempt Eve. And you know what Adam does while Eve's being tempted, you know what Adam does? He watches. He just kind of, oh, look, a snake. I mean, I don't know about you, but like if I see a snake, I catch it, right? Um, my family thinks I'm crazy. Now, if it's poisonous, there's another alternative for that snake, right? But if it's non-poisonous, I just want to catch it because I'm not afraid of it. And I don't want my kids to be afraid of it. And I don't want my family to be afraid of it. And plus, it's fun. This little snake slithering around. I know you're going, well, that's crazy. I get it, right? But like I say, now a poisonous snake, I'm a whole different form of action on that deal, right? Action. What are your actions say, gentlemen, about your purpose? Because if you're not careful, your actions just become routine. They just become plain. They become empty. Oh, it's another day. I've got to get up. Got to do this. Got to go to work. Living for Saturday again, Sunday again. Got to go to church. And I'm going to tell you something. That's no way to live. Someone asked me a good question. If you could do anything that you wanted to do on Father's Day, what would it be? And you know what my first thought was? I'd go to church. Pastor or not. Deacon or not life group leader or not, I'd go to church. Do you know why I would go to church? Purpose. It's God's purpose that drives everything else for us men about finding fulfillment in our lives. Knowing that you are serving, living, and seeking to please God in all that you do. Gabe Olivier is here today, young man getting ready to leave for boot camp. Today's his last Sunday. And the greatest thing 
that I could say as he gets ready to go and serve our country and do his basic training. Special ops, right? Is that what you're looking for? Airborne infantry, man, that's awesome. And the greatest thing I could say is it's not just going to be a soldier. It's going to say, I'm going to honor God while I go to boot camp and give my best for all of this so that I can serve the Lord and find my purpose in being a soldier, right? My son gets ready to go to college. I'm picking on you two, but I see you over there, and I'm not letting you fall asleep, young men, right? Valedictorian of his high school, going to go play college soccer. But as his purpose and his design, his actions, gentlemen, your actions, they matter. I got a picture of y'all when y'all were kids, by the way, man. So this is, this is your moment. Your actions and faithfulness in what God has given you right now is the key to your future and what you're going to become. But gentlemen, that goes for all of us. The fulfillment is not the title. The fulfillment is not the degree. Those are steps. The fulfillment is not the promotion. The fulfillment is how am I being obedient to God with what I've been given right now. And here's what actions matter. As men, we find great purpose in our actions when we learn to stand up, to stand for, and to stand out. To stand up, to stand for, and to stand out. Gentlemen, I'm not talking to just everyday average men today. I'm talking to you, men of God, part of this family of faith here at Calvary Baptist Church. And your actions in living out and finding fulfillment, the fulfillment of God on your life, your actions matter when you stand up, you stand for. And you stand out. When we look at the early days of Moses, what do you see? He stood up. He stood up for those who couldn't stand for themselves. Now that may be a specific part of your life and your purpose. Some of you, you do that in public service. Some of you, you do that in the education field. Some of you, you do that in business by providing a certain resource for other people. You stand up. And that's one part of making sure that as your purpose, God has given to you, you are standing up to make a difference in this world for others. Not just for your family, not just for your co-workers, but you're standing up to make a difference. Moses stood up early on, and that was a picture of what he would become. But to stand for is also equally important. Moses stood for the Lord. If there's one thing that I can tell you, gentlemen, that I think is, is perhaps the most lacking in our discussions about culture and society today, people, men, are willing to stand up for all kinds of things out there, but they're not willing to stand up for Jesus. And I'm going to tell you, there's no greater purpose than saying, I will stand for the Lord. Moses stood for the Lord. As we continue to look at his life over the rest of the month, you will see he stood for the Lord. And he wasn't popular. And God blessed him. And other people doubted him. And God came through. He stood for the Lord. And our purpose, gentlemen, part of our design and our placement, even here today as men, is to stand 
for the Lord. And then to stand out. And one of the things that I think is important for us as gentlemen, as people even, discovering our divine design and letting our actions show that we are with God and we are following His purpose is that we are going to stand out for Him. And listen, there are plenty of examples in culture, on social media, in the news of what a man should be. Or there's opinions out there of what a man is. And most of them are not good. Most of them belittle the whole character of what a God-designed, God-fearing, God-following, purposeful man looks like. Most of what you read out there is not that. But I'll tell you what is. A man that stands out. That stands out with his commitment, his character, his lifestyle in following the Lord, in serving his church. Instead of belittling or questioning or all these endless conversations about what you would do. And, and instead a man that says, you know what, I love God and I love my church. I'm going to get involved and I'm going to serve and I'm going to stop questioning. I'm going to stop being a wimp. I'm going to get in there and I'm going to be a man. And I'm going to be the kind of man that leads my family in prayer and leads my family in Bible study and helps my children and my coworkers and my friends walk the walk and not just the talk. And I'm going to become the kind of man that God has created and designed me to be because that is my purpose. And our actions, gentlemen, our actions are where we find fulfillment. When I know that I'm serving the Lord, following the Lord, I come to church and I'm like, you know what, that's a part of feeding God's purpose. When I go to work, you all have to get up and go to work tomorrow. Some of you today, and you have to go to work. When you go to work, this is a part of my purpose. God has given me this to make a difference, not only in the world that I'm in, the people I'm in, but in some way, another way to serve. He's designed me to do this today, and I will do it well because that is a key to what He's got for me one day. And I will be faithful immediately with what I have so that one day it will make a difference that I cannot even see today. It's your purpose. And fulfillment comes when our actions in pursuing God's purpose are consistent. When we stand up for Him, we stand for Him, and we stand out for Him. I think a few practical things, steps, perhaps, gentlemen, that would help you today. Because as you're looking at your life and as we all begin to assess Okay, what is my purpose? Maybe you've never thought about it, or maybe you have thought about it, and you just can't find it. You're here, so God has a purpose for you. You have a design, and look at your design, the way in which you're designed, the things that you have that are good, that are useful to Him. Begin to look into those, because those are the keys to unlocking how you are doing exactly what God has for you right now and what He has for you in the future. And then begin to act on those things. Begin to take steps. Listen, in your prayer life, you heard one of our gentlemen say, I just decided I'd take another extra hour of my life and I'd begin to devote that to learning more about what God would say to me in my prayer life and my devotion life. Gentlemen, you can take that step and every time you take that step, your purpose becomes more clear right where you are and more effective right where you are. Maybe it's one of those ways where you say, you know what? I'm kind of halfway on my church attendance. 
Well, doggone it, stop being halfway on your church attendance and get to church. Maybe it's, uh, you know, I have opinions about this and feelings about this. You know, hang your opinions and get active doing the work of the Lord and stop being one of those sissy men and actually say, by golly, I've been created for a purpose. I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm going to serve the church. I'm going to be committed to the right things in my life. And that will help you discover God's purpose in a new way for you. Gentlemen, fulfillment in purpose. Am I right? Number one thing that drives you. So know this. God has a purpose for your life. It's worth discovering and living it out. Amen? Let's pray together. Now, Father, in this moment as we pray, I thank you for all the gentlemen in the room today, their families, their friends, all the people around them. But on this day, on this Father's Day, God, I ask very clearly by the power of the Holy Spirit and in Jesus' name, you will speak to them about your God given purpose for them today. May they first find it in Christ, for there are some, I'm sure, even today, who have never bowed the will, the heart, the knee to you, Jesus, as their Lord and Savior. And I pray that today, if the Holy Spirit is speaking to any man in this room or online, and that is the step, then God, right now, let that man have the deepest courage of all to say yes to you, Jesus. And even right now, may that man say, Jesus, would you save me? Come and live in my heart and forgive me of my ways and my sins. And help me, Jesus, as I right now give my life to you to discover your purpose and to live that out. Father, for the rest of the men today here who have already established faith in you and your son, Jesus, but perhaps are struggling with purpose right now by your Holy Spirit, inspire them to know that they are exactly where they need to be, to either launch out of what they're in or, God, to move forward with what they've been given. But, God, speak to them very clearly that you have a purpose and they're here by design. And the next steps in their actions, their faith steps, are what are going to matter. So, God, I pray you'll speak to them. And, God, in this church, I pray for the world, I pray for the churches, but my responsibility is this church, this family of faith, these men and these, these families supporting them and our family online. God, within us, raise up men who follow your purpose, who stand upon your purpose and use them. Raise up soldiers who stand up, who stand for you. God, who, who are willing to stand out for you. And I thank you for this time today on this Father's Day, 2022, where you're raising up those kind of men. We pray these things very humbly, knowing we need you, and yet thankful that you're with us. You're calling us, and we follow. It's in Jesus' wonderful name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.